I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. It's the weekend, but the Dolphins are still practicing. That means you receive a new episode of Finsider Radio. Welcome and thanks for joining us to SB Nation's Miami Dolphins podcast. This is the Jake and Josh show. I am Jake Mendel. Joining me as he does in each and every podcast, Joshua Houts. Josh, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing freaking awesome, Jake. You know, we continue to talk about it all offseason long, how important Xavier Howard was to this defense. We both woke up this morning with awesome news, so I am, you know, on cloud nine. How have you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, we'll, we'll uh, cut right to the chase here, and, and you hit the nail on the head with Xavier Howard is officially back. It's a little weird, Josh, because I thought we've done a podcast uh, along these same lines before when he first showed up to camp. Uh, but shortly after, we heard through Instagram that he was going to demand a trade, yada, yada, yada. It was uh, He was not happy, to say the least, and a lot of people said that might be the end of his time in Miami. That seems to not be the case. Uh, he practiced yesterday, yesterday being Saturday, as a sign of good faith that a contract was going to get done. And Josh, guess what? A contract got done. It did, Jake. And, you know, I'm trying to look through the details here. We'll do our best to, to bring it all together because, you know, lots of different reports. But Ian Rapoport of the NFL Network, he said, what did Xavier Howard get? He got a $1 million Pro Bowl incentive, a $3.5 million in additional incentives, rescinding all minicamp fines, and the max he can make in 2021 is $16,285,294. So, I mean, again, Xavier Howard, both sides, um, you know, have to be happy. The Dolphins have to be stoked that he's in there back in the lineup because, like we said, this defense would look night and day without him. But, Jake, tell us a little bit more about the details because at first when I wrote this article up on the Finsider, I didn't see Adam Beasley's report from Pro Football Network. I didn't see some of these other reports with the actual details. I mean, this looks like more than just, you know, making this work through 2021. You're 100% right. Um, for 2021, though, if he cashes in on at least half of his incentives, he will be paid more than Byron Jones this season. That's something – 
uh, Xavier Howard talked about in that Instagram post. Uh, Jones is due $14 million this season. Howard will definitely make $12 million. Uh, $7 million of that figure could reach $16.3 million if all incentives are attained. That was from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. And Josh, it seems like um, the biggest reason we thought Xavier Howard would want a new contract that goes beyond you know just making more than Byron Jones was the idea of the 2022 season. The idea that if you know Howard plays poorly this year, if he gets injured, the Dolphins can cut him next year for close to nothing, and the last three years of his contract kind of uh, go out into the void. So it seems like this is a two-year solution. I, I can't really look too deep into the future here and see where everyone is kind of at. I even think uh, Xavier Howard's agent did say they were going to renegotiate this deal again come February, and this is something the Dolphins already expect. Uh, but Josh, it looks like 2022, a, a lot of the money is guaranteed, especially if he gets injured. Yeah, and I think uh, something very interesting to note is Mike Garofolo, also of NFL Network, he said he believes this is the first time in NFL history a player with four years <laughs> left on his deal has received added money and guarantees. So, I mean, we've heard Brian Flores talk about it all offseason long. This is a unique situation. I mean, and, you know, how much of Noah Igbenogany's playing camp, you know, affects this and made the Dolphins, you know, almost force their hands into things, you know, as crazy as that might sound, or even, you know, Nick Needham out there on the boundaries. So, um, I think we both can agree we are super stoked that this whole deal got done, and um, David Cantor, he tweeted out want to thank coach Flores Chris Greer and Brandon Shore for doing something unexpected and difficult to say the least many times over the past eight months we all did not expect anything to happen this organization handled us with absolute class and professionalism so um again both sides are happy you would you understand exactly why Xavier Howard's excited you know he got the guarantees got some of those um you know incentives and just reassurance for the future but again I think this is nothing more than honestly a band-aid temporarily. And again, like Jake said, they're going to renegotiate or at least, you know, come back to the table at the end of this year. Again, if Xavier Howard goes out there and balls out like we expect and, you know, like we all hope, because I mean, we can talk about Tor blue in the face, Jake, Xavier Howard, not in that Dolphins defense. It's mighty different than that top five, top 10 unit that we saw a season ago. Yeah. Cantor's tweet, Josh, really makes you wonder, do you think that Howard would have played throughout the entire season, even if he didn't get a new contract? Because the way Cantor's really spinning it here makes it sound like this was something that um, wasn't really in the future for what Cantor and Howard were trying to accomplish. I mean, the way, you know, Howard went about things, he kind of had the feeling nothing was going to happen. I mean, Brian Flores every day was saying, we're getting closer, we're getting closer to coming to a deal. And then we had Xavier and Howard at the same time saying, you know, I haven't talked to him at all today, you know, that type of stuff. So I think it's really interesting that, I mean, it did seem like the Dolphins were playing hardball through and through, but, you know, Josh, that brings up the real question here. With Xavier Howard signed, with him happy, without with him out there practicing, uh, go look at the Dolphins' Twitter, their Instagram. He's already thrown up the highlights. That's, you know, exactly what we expect, exactly why uh, he's in a position to be asking for more money. But who do you think gains the most with Xavier Howard being back in the fold? You mentioned Nick Needham. You mentioned Noah Igbenogany. Who is the, who gains the most, you know, obviously the Dolphins secondary in general is so much better, but who specifically would you say if you had to pick one person gains the most with him being out there? Yeah. I mean, I was going to just say Josh Boyer and really just be the, give you the most cliche answer in the entire world. But I mean, I, I'm not going to say one specific player, but I almost think it's that defensive line up front. You know, we mentioned how they brought in Jalen Phillips, how they needed to create pressure. If Xavier Howard was out of the lineup, you know, what he brings to that secondary and what that allows those guys up front that more time to get to the quarterback. So I think I can't sit here and name, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle or, you know, Raquan Davis or, you know, whichever guy it is, but I think as a unit, you know, that defensive pass rush up front is going to be much better when you have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, on the outside trying to clamp those receivers down. What about you, Jay? I'm going to go with kind of the cliche answer, but I'm go I wanted to say Chris Greer 
because you kind of think about it, especially the way the Dolphins operated this offseason, you know, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson. Uh, these were guys who weren't necessarily too happy to be moved on from in Miami, uh, Kyle Van Noy specifically. And this idea started to, you know, kind of balloon over that the Dolphins don't treat their players well. The Xavier Howard thing made it even worse that, you know, they treat it just like a business and uh, players aren't going to want to come here, yada, yada, yada. Of course, people started to spin it like that. Uh, but by Chris Greer and really, you know, making this deal, doing something that David Cantor said he didn't expect to happen, uh, that makes him look like a stronger GM. And on top of that, Josh, he looks like an even better GM because it means Noah Igbenogny is not going to be on the field nearly as much. So we have to kind of point out that he's a first round pick who really hasn't done too much. He hasn't really shined too much in camp. Obviously, you know, game and practice are two totally different things. But, you know, all joking aside, I think this does kind of help Igbenogny where he's going to get opportunities where he can succeed. Right. That's what makes Brian Flores such a strong you know, coach in general. He knows what players are good at, and he can put them in a situation where they can really rely on their talents, their traits, their skills. So I wonder here with Howard being there as that boundary corner, Byron Jones is that other boundary corner. All of a sudden, you got Ibanagani and Nick Needham you can throw in depending on the different types of you know third and fourth receivers we might see on the field in any given day. Yeah, another interesting note is I believe the Dolphins were actually working out cornerbacks, I think, yesterday or two days ago. So, I mean, that's still a unit that they're trying to bring in some depth. But you're absolutely right, Jake. I mean, this just overall for the Miami Dolphins as an organization, you know, and also for the player. I mean, this is honestly a win-win situation. And, you know, you, we both mentioned who might benefit from this. But let's go one step further and talk about the receivers. Because when you're going up there and you're matching up against Xavier and Howard, you know, maybe those are some matchups that are just going to be a little bit more intense, you know, a little bit more intense. So I don't know if you saw, Jake, Keenan Allen versus Derwin James, I believe it was pro football focus or maybe it was the Los Angeles Chargers official account like they tweeted out that matchup and you just see those guys going you know back and forth and it's just you know iron sharp sharpens iron so to hear that Xavier Howard's back in that lineup you know what it does to Josh Boyer's defense as a whole we obviously know it's going to pay dividends but then what it does for some of those young receivers throughout camp you know matching up against to be honest one of the best if not the best corner of football should hopefully you know make them better overall so Jake now that we talked about Xavier Howard now that we got into those details let's take a break and jump into the latest news surrounding Miami Dolphins training camp before they head to Chicago for joint practices with the Bears later this week. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And Josh, we've kind of mentioned it a couple times here, but the Dolphins are finishing up their padded practices before they prepared to take a trip to Chicago, do a couple practices with the Bears, and those are going to be exciting to say the least. Uh, but 
with Monday and Tuesday, I believe both of them being off days, this Sunday practice is going to be the last little bit of information we receive until the Dolphins make that trip. So some of the more notable things, we have to go back to the wide receivers because that seems to be the tightest, uh, most appealing competition the Dolphins have going. Uh, and Isaiah Ford, Kirk Mayer, and Jakeem Grant were all catching passes from Tua on Sunday. Josh, I think that's maybe the most frustrating thing about someone like Devontae Parker not being on the field, someone like Will Fuller not being on the field, is not knowing exactly where these guys line up in the depth chart. Because I want to start with this, Josh. Do you think that Devontae Parker and Pres or Preston Williams would either of them not be in the starting lineup uh, if opening day was next week? That's a good question. I mean, I think Preston Williams would probably be fighting that uphill battle, but I think you're right. Devontae Parker, he would absolutely be, you know, solidified in there as that starting receiver. But Jake, to your point, I mean, does this not just, I don't know about you. I'm trying not to fall into the same Isaiah Ford trap and the Jakeem Grant traps that we do <laughs> every year, because I mean, I was, I was one. No, I liked Isaiah Ford in college and you know, every time he's cut brought back, you know, Ford gang gang, whatever, but he's out there making plays. And again, we talked about in that number 20 Jersey, but how much of this is just, you know, camp. I saw Mac Hollins go up sky over top of Byron Jones. I don't know if you saw that ended it with a dunk. So, I mean, these are the type of things that I, I don't know if it's good to see in camp or if it's bad. You know, Matt Collins skying over Byron Jones, your huge free agent acquisition. I mean, I don't know, Jake, but it's, again, iron sharpens iron, I guess. Yeah, and you have to wonder. We haven't, you know, heard the Albert Wilson hype. Of course, it could just be a couple days, and these are the players working with Jacoby Prezet in the second team. Uh, but, I mean, even uh, Foster, Wilson, Hearns, Bowden Jr., these are guys we haven't heard a lot about Um Albert, uh, excuse me, Will Fuller was standing out there today in Sunday's practice, according to Barrett Jackson of the Miami Herald. Uh, he didn't have a sleeve or cast or anything covering his legs, so he, that suggested nothing serious. Uh, and then moving on, Albert Wilson was out of uniform on Sunday with a compression sleeve on his leg, but observing and not limping again from Barry Jackson. And Devontae Parker was in a red non-contact jersey. So I don't really know what to make of this receiving core right now, Josh, because I don't know if Kirk Merritt – is really going to be someone who's going to be pushing for these roster spots, despite, you know, here we are on August 8th and he's practicing with the first team. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know how much this is just, again, the dolphins being extra cautious. Again, they're traveling. They're basically going to have a scrimmage, you know, these next two practices with the bears and then they go into that preseason game. So you don't know how much of this is just sitting some of your starters, but you mentioned Will Fuller on the sideline, Jake, and he was that big signing this off season. A lot of dolphin fans had high hopes for him. You don't really want to see that, but then next to him was also Jalen Phillips. So I don't, I kind of want to talk about this, Jake D like they, those were two playmakers that they brought in, not only on offense and then defense that they expected, you know, to go out there and be able to make plays immediately for this team. Obviously not Will Fuller given his suspension, but when he was brought in, you know, they signed him to that contract. He was brought in to be opposite of Devontae Parker and bring that added element, bring that speed. So um, when you see a player, a first round pick like Jalen Phillips, a guy that the Dolphins drafted, we can get into what that means. You know, they could have went Najee Harris. They could have went a whole different route there. But to see that he's on the sideline, to see that Will Fuller's on the sideline, does that give you any reason to be concerned heading into the first week of preseason? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think it does, Josh. It's a slow process. I mean, we're going to, you know, I go back to the thing where we're talking about the Madden rosters, right? If you were to you know, launch Madden today or on opening day and compare that to the first day of the regular season. I mean, the roster is night and day how different they may look, despite you're not playing in one regular season game. And, you know, Will Fuller is not even going to be there for that first game. I think Jalen Phillips is someone you want to see him play short term. Sure, you want to see him out there in practice and be, you know, that guy that we read all the tweets about, right? That's kind of why the Dolphins drafted this guy. He was the tweet guy, you know, at this workout, he looked incredible, yada, 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 that type of stuff. And, you know, I'm definitely devaluing how good he is as a player because he's a very talented athlete here. But 
I think it's okay to be a little slower with these guys. I think we will see Phillips out there come the second and third preseason games. But uh, we have to keep in mind too, Josh, it's a little bit of a different approach this year with there only being three preseason games. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jake. And I think that's kind of the whole point I was trying to get at. But, um, you know, I guess if it gets into preseason week two and three, then we can start to get a little concerned. Um, just to read off a couple more of the tweets you have here. I mean, if if, if you guys are not following Travis Wingfield, the Miami Dolphins, you know, I, I want to say he's their beat writer, right? Wingfield NFL, yeah. follow him because, I mean, he is literally giving you play-by-play analysis of training camp. And again, a lot of us join Twitter for this very reason. But he has here two of double clutches on a quick slant fires. Rowe gets a hand on it, but Jakeem Grant catches a deflection with one hand. We heard some of the other big plays going on at camp um, today. I believe Jalen Waddle, you know, everyone's saying, what's up with a limp? Because, you know, you keep hearing he's limping around, but he's going out there making explosive plays. But, Jake, the biggest news that we had today and something that I don't even think we talked about yet, but Hunter Long, the Miami Dolphins rookie tight end, was carted off the field today. I know we talked about what that meant, um, you know, drafting him, what that meant for maybe for the future of Mike Gesicki. But now when you looked at that tight end unit, when you saw that it was a lot stronger than it was a year ago, losing Hunter Long is a pretty big blow, and it did sound like a serious injury, unfortunately, for the rookie tight end. Yeah, Josh, you're 100% right. And the car is usually the, uh, the, the you know, the, that's kind of the sign that he's going to miss a lot of time. But, I, Josh, it is training camp. Maybe they're being safe. Maybe there is an opportunity he can come back, and it's more of a scare than anything else. But we can't really uh, get an idea on that. I'm sure Flores will talk about it after practice. Uh, Josh, you have to think, though, that tight end was a big part of Miami's game plan, and I don't think that's going to change too much going into the season. Uh, Tua has been connecting with Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen a lot, especially this weekend. Um, and, and we'll see Gasecki start to get more involved as we start to get closer and closer again to opening week. But Josh, I think, uh, you know, Hunter Long was someone who I thought was going to have an interesting role for the Dolphins. I thought he could be one of those guys that, you know, he might only have like 15 catches, but, uh, you know, six of them are touchdowns. He's like Lusaka polite through the air or something, you know, when it comes to third downs, those short conversions those type of things. So this is definitely a bummer. You were hoping we could kind of see what he could do on the field. He certainly seemed like someone who could surprise people. I mean, everyone was kind of thinking that, you know, he might be that third, fourth guy, Uh, but the dolphins last year, I mean, they set tight end records for that room in terms of touchdowns and receiving yards. So I think there is a sneaky suspicion that he might've been a bigger part of the Miami dolphins offense this year than was being let on. And it's disappointing to hear things like this and you hope uh, he has a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Pray for Hunter Long. And I guess, you know, just in typical fashion, I guess that means next man up, you know, whether it's Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe, you know, whether they bring someone else in, Seathan Carter, you know, so there are some other players there. I do want to bring up this other tweet from Wakefield because, um, you know, I didn't want to end it on that somber note and this kind of gets people excited, but um, even on air, when Waddle sticks his foot in the ground, the explosiveness off the top of the stem is pure electricity. Give him a two-way go and you cause a lot of conflict for opposing defenses. Best of all, Tua seems to have a great gauge on the speed and how the time throws. So, again, if you're not following Travis Wingfield, please do because, I mean, he is going play-by-play and giving you, you know, a, a much more positive outlook on this team than maybe some of those other reporters. So, uh, follow Travis. Continue to follow us because we're going to continue to bring you the latest news. I mean, we promised you that we would be on here if Xavier Howard was traded. Well, thank God we're on here talking about Xavier Howard and what he's going to mean to the Miami Dolphins defense this season because uh, I'm just super stoked that he's here. Um, another thing that we want to bring up, Michael Lombardi at M Lombardi NFL um, reported this morning and 
talking to teams around the league. Sounds like Miami is searching for some offensive tackle depth and is willing to make a trade. I'm sure they aren't the only teams looking for quality tackles. So again, the Dolphins are in the market for a tackle, which really isn't that surprising given DJ Fluker is no longer with the team, you know, given Jesse Davis is off to the side. Um, Jake, one thing I brought up, I, someone was talking to me earlier on Twitter and I said, you know, it's kind of one of those defuck moments where you think about it. the Dolphins went into this offseason thinking that DJ Fluker and Jesse Davis were going to solidify that right side uh, to his blind side. And that to me just doesn't seem like um, a very good plan, I guess, for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I don't know if it was really, I, I still, Josh, I go back to what we were talking about last time where it was depth when it comes to these two guys, right? Fluker, if you start him at right tackle, all of a sudden you can put Eichenberg at right guard and you have Jesse Davis as that sixth or seventh guy who can come in if there are injuries. You know, you have Solomon Kinley who can kind of jump around the offensive line a little bit, but all of a sudden, I mean, losing Fluker just kind of takes the legs right out of that whole idea. And uh, Jesse Davis, again, I, I think he can start. I think he's probably going to start, you know, four or five, maybe the six games of the season. But I don't think the Dolphins want to enter with him as a starter because if you have him out there, I mean, a couple injuries and this unit's going to be in rough, rough shape. And we know if the offensive line doesn't play well, you know, that entire offense is going to be in shambles. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on, Jake. Dolphins obviously looking for depth in, at corner, looking for some depth on the offensive line. We'll see how it all plays out. But Jake... Lots going on right now. Miami Dolphins, again, are off Monday and Tuesday. They are heading to Chicago, where they will have joint practices with the Chicago Bears. It's going to be so interesting. Jake and I plan on doing a podcast, bringing you you know, five battles that we're interested to see, whether it's Allen Robinson versus Xavier Howard, uh, whether it's at Miami Dolphins secondary you know, versus Justin Fields, whatever it might be. We plan on bringing you a podcast Tuesday, previewing the Miami Dolphins-Chicago Bears joint practices. Be sure to check that out next week. Yeah, Josh, we're really looking forward to it. But, you know... Uh, to kind of wrap up the weekend, it, it's great to see Xavier and Howard back. Uh, if you guys are liking what you listen to, hit that subscribe button. And if you are up to it, leave a review. That stuff really helps us out. It helps other people find the show. And that stuff uh, puts that extra pep, pep in our step to really uh, make this experience of talking about the Miami Dolphins, taking it to a whole new level. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're excited to talk about the Chicago Bears and Miami Dolphins. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami